TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you for episode 521. Can you believe it? We're entering our 11th year and I couldn't do it without Australia's, if not the world's number one wellness expert. He is the COVID warrior at the moment because he's a little <laughs> bit sinus, he's a little bit down and out, but he is here. He is here. Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, great man. Hello, Piercey. Thank you for the introduction. Yes, I do have COVID. For the third time, I must say, Piercey, and it got me down a little bit this one. It knocked me for six and made me reflect a bit. So looking forward to having a little chat about that. Makes you um, question your intro, though. World's greatest, world's number one wellness expert. And here I am struck down for the third time with COVID. So it might be good to put some perspective around what that all means. So we'll have a chat well, about that today. Interesting. This will be a great chat because, you know, we, we, we've been chatting a, a bit about this off air and uh, how it's been, how the narrative or the conversation has changed over the last couple of years. But what I find interesting, Damo, is that, and, and today's conversation is going to be around, is being sick no longer acceptable? Have we lost all compassion for our ill friends who are a bit down and out? Um, because yeah. a couple of years ago, where, when you had COVID for the first time, um, yeah. without putting too much mayonnaise on this, people thought you were going to die. Uh, there was <laughs> so much fear yeah. around COVID and having it and what it would mean and all of the rest of it. And now, 2023, you've had it for the third time. It could even be the fifth or sixth time. You never know. But the yeah. thing is, you've got it again. And to say it's water off a duck's back for society or you'll be right, mate, carry on or... <laughs> you could even go to work if you wanted to, and many people in the workplace are expected to work through COVID. It just is um, – it's it's quite an interesting observation when you look at how much the world has changed in its approach to illness, not just COVID, but illness over the last couple of years. Well, yeah, totally, PC. And I reflected. I was chatting with my mum the other day. Shout out to mum. Hi, mum. Uh, love you. Hope you're we travelling well. Um I was reflecting with her when I was little and I had a cold or a flu or something that made my bones and body ache. We would stay home. She'd tuck us up in bed. She'd make sure that we stayed cool by putting a little wet cloth on our forehead. Uh, we'd get toasted Vegemite. There'd be a bucket by the bed with a little towel underneath the bucket. Um, the lights would be dimmed just so that we could sleep all day. And it would be toasted Vegemite, probably with Nutella, and um, not necessarily. No, Would you no, ask to watch no, TV no. or watch a movie or something? Uh, well, the thing with mum was if you're too sick to go to school, you're too sick to watch television was what we used to get told, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I like Tess. I like Tess's hard line. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, like you're not going to school. You're not having any fun. So we would uh, <laughs> stay in bed and we would rest until we got better. And that could take one or two or three days. And uh, and that was good because you just had to rest. Like there was no expectation and maybe you'd have to catch up with your homework or whatever else there was. But, you know, obviously VCE is more challenging these days and primary school you're still writing essays these days. But back then, you know, 
you weren't doing any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these days... You were um, building blocks and doing your ABCs. Yeah, I know, right? I was just like trying to work out, is that a red brick for Lego or is that a green brick for Lego? I wasn't too sure because of my colour blindness. You know, I couldn't really tell. <laughs> so I was uh, trying to work that stuff out. But these days, there's this expectation that you shouldn't get sick um, and that it's a real letdown for the team if you do get sick. And uh, and and... And it's a bit of a, I, for me, I have to tell you, I feel a bit embarrassed if I do get sick. Like I, I actually feel um, lesser that I've actually gone and got a virus of sorts or a bacterial infection. And and I wonder whether or not that sort of uh, emotion, that sort of feeling other people feel because if they feel embarrassed about being sick or they feel embarrassed about declaring illness, could it be that people then work through it at home and don't get the opportunity to rest properly? Or could it also be that people don't even acknowledge their symptoms, go to work and then become, for want of a better term, super spreaders? Regardless of what it is, whether it's COVID or a flu or a cold or a cough or whatever it is, I think we've lost the ability to be tolerant of people who are experiencing symptoms as a result of some kind of illness. And and I really felt that this time around, PC. Really felt it. Yeah, this is a really important conversation. It's not a COVID conversation. It's not a, a conversation about any particular illness. It's the fact that no one cares if you're sick anymore. Um, society less people, doesn't. Less people care. Less people. That's a bit. That's a bit clickbaity, isn't it? Why no one cares if you're sick anymore? <laughs> <laughs> um, society, as a general rule, doesn't make it easy for you to stay home and rest until you get better. I just love that. My mum would keep us home and we would rest until we got better. And in the olden days, we would call that convalescence, wouldn't we? That might even be going out, so like, you know, going to your nana's for a few days whilst you rested or going somewhere yep. to, to rest. But we don't have that anymore. It's either you work through it and if it gets so chronic, you go to rehab, but there's not much in between. it's like (laughs) we've lost the art of convalescence of 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 resting until we get better um and as a rule we don't have any empathy for people that are going through tough times put that embarrassment conversation to one side for a minute because that's 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 a really interesting conversation but but are you finding you know even in your own um i don't know social professional family circles that um if we do go down the covid path for a minute that is a lot more blase this time around. Uh, people are quite surprised, you know, that I've, you know, that I've got it. So one of the questions was, well, why did you test? And that used to be a question that I would ask people too. Why did you test? You know, my expectation was that if we want this to go away, then we have to stop testing. But at the same time, I was thinking about it, and there I was faced with, you know, the the, the prospect of testing. You know, do I don't I do I don't I had symptoms, and I'm thinking of all the people that are coming to our practice. I've babies coming to my practice, we've got old people coming to my practice. It's my responsibility to ensure that I create a self, a, a safe and healthy environment for those people. I do anything to keep people healthy, right? So if I wasn't, if I didn't test and I suspected that I actually had some symptoms and I, and I didn't test and then I did turn up to work with COVID and then I spread it and somebody got very sick, that's on me, I would say. And uh, and I know that we've got to get through this and we've got to get, um, you know, to the point where we're okay with it. 
But I think while there's still some kind of uncertainty and maybe even let's just say fear around and maybe a little bit of mystery around um, this particular virus, it's fair to acknowledge that this is a, it is a contagious virus. A virus, I don't know if it's highly contagious or if it's uber contagious or mega virulent or whatever those words were that, you know. <laughs> Scare the bejesus out of people. <laughs> the old DA used to use. But I like, you know, these days, like I'm aware that if you can test for it, maybe it's something that we could or should be doing to make sure that we're not um, contributing to other people's unwellness. Now, I don't for a second think we're ever going to get to a point of zero, but I also think that if we're mindful of how we present in our workspace, in our friendship groups, you know, you know, maybe we could be a little bit more tolerant and then potentially be a little bit more careful. Um, now, this is very conflicting for me too because as a chiropractor, I would have always and continue to encourage people to come in to get checked and adjusted when they're not feeling well because my whole philosophy around healthy spine means a healthy nervous system means a healthy body uh that still exists and so you know i'm conflicted because in one breath i'm saying i can't go to work because i'm not feeling well and then in another breath i'm saying well if you're not feeling well then come and get checked so yeah i mean did i go get checked this week yes i did i went when there was no other patients there i was very careful of you know being contagious so we wiped down the tables did all all the things you had to do to maintain like a healthy and safe environment um but i'm very conflicted pc i'm going to tell you because i've got values around health that i want to uphold i've got ideas around how potentially i could be better looking after um my you know my community and uh and they don't really you know they don't match with each other they're not they're not too connected does that make sense and then there's the social um judgment of what it is that you do you know so like in my space i have people that come into my space that don't even agree that COVID even exists well i can tell you it does and then i've also got people that you know come into my space that if they learned that i had COVID and was adjusting i i'd be in trouble you know like i could be reported so like it it's i think it's really important that there's acknowledgement of you know two different areas of society or of the community that have varying levels of concern and fear around it um have i been concerned about getting COVID again the answer is no um am i disappointed that i've got COVID again absolutely particularly given that i took three levels of precaution to bloody not get this stupid thing in the first place and now i've got it i'm very you know bummed that i've got COVID again um does it change the way in which i'm thinking about it moving forward the answer is yes of course and uh and i'm conflicted pc i'm conflicted well i love your honesty i do i do think though that if it was four years ago and you had the flu uh and you knew you had the flu uh which many people would get tested by just going to the gp but if the flu was so easy if there were millions of tests easily available, people would, would actually also test for that and yeah. they would make the exact same um, decision-making process. And I think you're, you're opening listeners' eyes up to the nuances of your professional role as well. Um, yeah. And it does sound very much like a very dedicated health professional that is considering all of the people that are impacted by their decisions. Um, yeah. You know, you, can, you feel like this would be happening um, – uh, years ago 
with uh, when it was more, you know, medical doctors that were dealing in contagious diseases. And, you know, some of the time they were so healthy and well that they seemed to be just immune to it. But then there were times when they also got it and they might die and they didn't come in and uh, continue the infective process, so to speak. So I think there's a whole different level of responsibility that that you take which i have great respect for i just think that you're showing such a level of respect for your community by putting so much thought into it there are so many of us myself included that don't have the level of consequences um as you do i'm not in touch in in physical close contact with um 200 plus people on a daily basis um you know even just today i think i may have been in contact with five or six or seven people and that's about it you know so and and then i'm going to go outdoors to derby's footy training and i won't be physically close you know to be um a a potential um um what's the word super spreader (laughs) but i think this is just another level of i feel like it's so important that we remember whether it's COVID or the flu or any other or anything else that that's contagious like bring all of that to one side for a minute do we have a um uh, lifestyle is not the word do we have a ritual for actually resting until we get better this is i I think it's gone i think it's gone and and we used to and maybe it's due for that to come back because people say they're busier now than they've ever been before um people are trying to do everything they did when we're in lockdowns and they're trying to do everything that we did before lockdowns and so this post-covid period um, and it sounds weird that we're talking about COVID, but this post-COVID period, which is still happening, and I was talking to a mate of mine this morning, and he lives in Adelaide, and in Adelaide they're still walking around with masks, and they're still, you know, talking about getting fifth and sixth jabs and all this sort of stuff. So there's still hyper and heightened awareness in some areas, particularly in Australia, and you know, potentially also over in New Zealand, and I, I think less so over in Europe, but maybe in the US. But I think. I suppose where I'm going with this is that when I used to get a cold or a flu, I would push on through as a chiropractor. I would I would still go to work. I'd be wiping my nose. I'd be I probably didn't have proper hand sanitization. In fact, I know I know I didn't because I never really worried it wasn't about in it. The, you know? It wasn't in the social on the social radar. No, 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 it wasn't. You know, so we're talking back only in I don't know 2019. 2018 wasn't that long ago that we were kind of maybe being a little bit frivolous um, and flirting with the idea that well well if it's just a virus it's just a virus you'll get over it our body can handle it and and we, we certainly and I still uphold the value that the body has an innate healing ability and that you know if it wasn't for its innate healing ability then you wouldn't get on top of a flu right so you wouldn't get on top of a cold either and the reason why you have a fever is because your innate immune system is mounting a response to the virus. So, like the fact that that actually exists is 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 just amazing, right? So I don't discredit that by any stretch of imagination, but I, I wonder whether or not back then were we just kind of flirting with it because we kind of never really had anything that was kind of that crazy and you know, and potentially that dangerous um, or that contagious. But I remember people would call up oh my kids got stuff coming out of their ears oh my kids got gastro oh my kids got the flu or the cold or i've got the flu or the cold or we've got conjunctivitis or whatever else i go no worries come in come in um and i wonder these days if that's the right approach 
And if at the same time, my first recommendation should be take it easy, get yourself feeling really well. If you need me to come to your house, I'm more than happy to do that. Um, or, you know, maybe it's, you know, take it easy, rest up, take a few days. When you're ready to come in, let's get you checked and adjusted and get your, your immune system, you know, kind of firing again. All those sorts of things. I wonder whether or not the conversation might need to change. Um, and this could be a massive philosophical question um, as a group of chiropractors, we might actually need to have, you know, and, and just kind of having a conversation around what all this means. Um, but certainly, I mean, you can tell the confusion, you can sense the confusion that I've got. Pizzi. Well, this is this is a fascinating conversation because, yeah, there is an art, like you often say, there's an art, a science and philosophy to this. And the philosophy for me is where where this lives because um, I'm, I'm, I'm automatically thinking, well, if you tell that to a more um, medically aligned person, you're not going to say, "Oh, just take the medicine in a couple of days. Just let let the body do its thing." If we if we know, and it has been proven that a chiropractic adjustment is going to boost the immune system function by sixty percent or whatever that whatever the numbers are, like there's a there's an automatic, I suppose, for me anyway. There's an intelligence factor to this that there are times to just let things settle, and there are times to not. And sometimes sleep is the best medicine, right? Just to let the body actually do its thing but i think more than anything people love a health professional mostly in times of stress <laughs> do you know what i mean you're talking about is the, the chiropractor is most appreciated when that pain in your neck or that pain in your head or that pain in your back or that pain in your shoulder or or, or that well, pain heart. in your immune system not is so great heart attack but i'm talking hard in terms of emotional pain yeah that's right. Yeah. When, 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 and that's that. That's insert any health professional from a from a orthopedic surgeon to you know a GP to a chiro or physio. They are most appreciated when the patient is at um, is at a very low point. Um, yeah. And I do think that that's when those health professions, those healing arts, are also at their most effective and at their most powerful. Um, and I think most people, you know, myself included, I'll say from chiropractic, but even just with um, always to be healthy and well, like the continuity goal, like go for a run every day type thing, they're a lot harder to achieve than um, what couch to 5K because that's so novel and that's so whatever. Like I think, say, a wellness paradigm of chiropractic getting adjusted once a week, once a fortnight, once a month or whatever, that's, that's, a, that's a strong commitment. But I still maintain as someone that loves my regular chiropractic care, and you can insert, if you don't get regular chiropractic care, well, the world's greatest chiropractor is in Melbourne, but insert whatever regular health practice you like to do. The time that you value that practice the most is when you need it the most. And yeah. I love that when, I've, when I'm down, I'm married to a chiropractor, so that's always good, but I can race to Margaret Tay, or if I'm in Melbourne, I'm on the phone to you or seeing you or whatever. And yep. I would never like to think um, that we don't have that available. And, and that, again, that's any health profession, that we don't have that available um, because yep. because society's got, got to the point where, where you know, we don't make that um, applicable. But, um, again, that's my little rant because I, I do feel, you know, and you are <laughs> well, one of the, one of the great health peasy. professionals. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel that same way too, PC, for sure. It's a, it, it is, I think, 
you know, my ideal is that this conversation does get people thinking about have they made illness, sickness, whatever you call it, disposable, and to just push through. Um, I think just listening to you talk about the um, (laughs) embarrassment, which you'd almost call like a a low-level shame, which is not – I completely (laughs) think that's like – but I I, I think all of us can empathise. Empathise with it. We're like, I thought – I was stronger than this or whatever it is, uh, immune to this. or, But it's also very humbling as well, don't you think? Like for me listening to you, it's like you're human. You're, you're not Superman. You are Superman, but even Superman has kryptonite, right? Um, yeah. And you've got a lot happening. There's a lot of big, big rocks in your world at the moment and they can be heavy to to carry at times. Um, but I think if society was better at helping those that needed the rest, I think the embarrassment would be, uh, I know that's just a word, but it wouldn't be there because other cultures do it a whole lot better than we do. Yeah, yeah, it's a funny it's a funny feeling. It's a funny feeling um, and it's funny to acknowledge um, embarrassment um, around illness. Uh, and I think that this is something that many men face. I have to, I have to tell mm. you, PC, a lot of men uh, face embarrassment, particularly with prostate health, for example, or testicular health or whatever else it is. I know I've, I've gone a long way off, you know, talking about what our normal subject is, but maybe this is something that we could talk about down the track. Great topic would be or could be. Right topic. Um, well, you can you say know, the same about women and breast cancer. Women and breast cancer or yep. ovarian cancer, you know, but I mean there's so many different things. But I think there's a, you know, is there there's maybe there is embarrassment um, that people just have to deal with um, or maybe we can demystify it and that there's no embarrassment anymore. Mm. Um, we seem to be doing a good job culturally around um, the acceptance of um, is it you know gender gender diversity yeah Um, i think that's that's becoming you know very easy to understand and accept um and you know but people have been getting sick for a lot longer than you know there's been um you know indecision around gender and we're not tolerant. We're not tolerant you know, around illness. <laughs> we're yeah, tolerant, for a better term, around gender diversity, but we're not tolerant around illness. Like, yeah, go I figure. Know. <laughs> I know, right? I know, and it <laughs> speaks to uh, our society of how black and white we've become, and that we need yeah. guidelines and rules, and you know, and now you know, there's a new flag flying in Victorian Parliament these days, which is the trans flag, um, and so that's that's up there too now, but. There's we need the illness flag. We need the illness acceptance <laughs> flag, don't we? <laughs> but what it is is maybe we don't need these symbols. Maybe it's a cultural shift towards, you know, um, just a little bit more um, kindness. It goes back to mm-hmm. kindness or acceptance mm-hmm. or, um, yeah, it's it's, a weird, it's it's an unusual, it's a very strange feeling to be embarrassed because you're sick, I'm going to tell you. Oh, this has been a great chat. I reckon we could do a double, triple episode on this, but the embarrassment of sickness is a that, – we're going to do another episode on that. I think that's just something that a lot of people are going to be able to relate to for sure. Um, yeah. And and I just want to thank you, Damo, just for opening up this vulnerable can of worms. Like it's just so humanising, and I think all of our listeners will love that. So thank you so much for being the one to do that today. Uh, you're most welcome, PC. Thank you very much for letting me share that, and hopefully, I haven't triggered too many people listening to this. I hope you've got any good, any comments, whether they're you know comments that are frustrated or they're in agreement or they're in disagreement, whatever. Flick them through. We always love a little chat. 
Yeah, fact, we, we do. Should, we should do a little. We should check that out. We should check our comments and just see where we're at with those because there could be some comments there that we've asked for <laughs> and we could do a podcast. We could do a session, an episode um, on your comments. That would be all right. So hit up Damo, Damien at DamienChristoph.com. Myself, Marcus at MarcusPierce.com.au. You can DM us at uh, 100 Not Out on Facebook. Um, and when you're in town, Damo has not been working lately because of the sea. But uh, when you're in town, go to Sandringham, uh, Tavita Lifestyles, for some of the best healthcare on the planet. Um, and until next time, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.